and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. My name's Emma. And my name's Josh. And thank you for coming back to listen to us after we had a little hiatus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, Josh is going to do the first episode back. Which made me feel like I was me- having a mental breakdown because I could have sworn I was writing something in all the time that we weren't doing podcasts. And I knew I was. I have been writing something. But I didn't know where it was. And the thing (laughs) I thought I had written to record was already released. So I had a bit of a meltdown. Yeah, that was our last episode about... So before we were releasing stuff, Josh was like, I haven't got an episode. But we do. And I've got an episode for next week, so we're cracking. That's pretty much how we intend to carry (laughs) on. Is I'll do an episode, you do an episode, and then we release them and then let people listen to them. Hopefully there won't be any breakdowns or illnesses or anything to keep people off <laughs> well, it's only two of us so and it was only one of us <laughs> anyway so what is the topic that we are doing this week josh so this week we're going to be looking at haunted objects so when i first started to research this topic i quickly came to realize that this isn't going to be a quick capture all episode but that there are in fact so many individual cases out there that could be covered on their own merit So what I'm going to do today is go over the notion of what a haunted object could be, the telltale signs, and of course, give you some stories. And all this may or may not have you looking at that coffee table slightly different, which yes, Emma, we can come on to in a second. Thinking back to the time that... (laughs) I threw myself off there. (laughs) (laughs) I got told off and I never told anything. And this, all this may or may not have you looking at that coffee table slightly different and thinking back to that time that your coffee cup slid seamlessly across the surface before coming to an abrupt but steady halt. Or it may make you thankful for the fact that you have not had to experience any of this and your life is joyful and free of tormenting spirits. Yay you. What would life be without tormenting spirits though? So before I move on, I know I've only read one paragraph, but we are going to have an interlude from Emma. No, we're not. You're dying to talk about it. Well, we've got a wardrobe. It's not just our wardrobe. That's not what I was referring to. I was referring to the coffee table. What coffee table? That's not haunted. It's weird, though. We got a coffee table from some person on Facebook from Skem. Skemsdale, if you're not from Liverpool. Um, And it's a Chinese one. It's beautiful. I love it. It's one of the Chinese antique furniture's mother of pearl. And Josh hates it. Simple as. I don't hate it. It's just weird. No, it's beautiful. It matches the living room perfectly. Everyone loves it apart from Josh. And I'm the one who's got Olivia, so that's and unfortunate. Pray for death at Instagram. They asked us. That's an Instagram account, by the way. That's not why I buy table <laughs> coffee table. Um, they asked us about the haunted wardrobe because I put a picture up. Oh my god, that's like fate because I didn't. Shit. I didn't know you were doing a Haunted Objects episode and I put a Haunted Object picture on Instagram. Like the stars are aligning. That's weird. I think I actually do mention the wardrobe a bit later on, but we'll we'll get to that. Well, let's, let's, not, let's not jump too far ahead. Yeah, well, I don't think the wardrobe's that haunted, but you do. I mean, and but you said that haunted, that means it is haunted. My mum's got stories of it as well. You're literally ruining like the last discussion point. Okay, have you done any... Have you done any no, that was the whole podcast, just that, that one paragraph. <laughs> anyway. I'll shut up because we have got a few haunted objects, so I'll just let Josh <laughs> take it away. We don't collect them. No. We're not crazy. I do buy them for that reason. 
ghost bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I get real friends, so I get haunted of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what is your story about? Come on, let's see it. <laughs> anyway, I will start with the headline question. Can an object be haunted? Well, simply put, I think it all depends on your own belief in the paranormal. You see, if I simply said yes straight up, there are likely to be those out there who barf with laughter from their high and mighty pedestal of sophistication and maturity, claiming that, ha, ghosts don't exist. But we all know they do. And for us in the know, I can give you a clear answer that yes, objects can be haunted. I must have been high as shit right in that paragraph. That was a roller coaster, wasn't it? <laughs> Josh doesn't even drink. <laughs> How can an object be haunted? Well, the theories range from a sort of genie in the bottle type situation, which will be most notable in a dibbit box, right through to a spirit becoming attached to an object for a variety of reasons. Perhaps it was events in life. An object that somebody held dear, or perhaps it's not what happened in life, but what happened when a person died and their spirit is leaving their body, i.e. it was the last thing they touched, or it was where they died. Some will argue that objects can become haunted due to their circumstance. For example, if they were used in certain events or were present in a particular environment or building. While furthering this theory, some may even contest that spirits that haunt objects are merely trying to find a way to communicate with the living. Although, one article I came across online raised a good point in that maybe the spirit or entity that is perceived to be attached to an object hasn't actually attached themselves to the object, but has merely imprinted their persona onto it. I'd imagine this could be done in any of the ways which I have just described, and would to some extent provide an explanation as to why any paranormal activity associated with an object may be a fleeting experience rather than a constant phenomenon. But how and why are objects haunted is as much up for debate as the topic of the paranormal itself. It is likely that until our technology or communication methods improve, we will not know for certain why or how objects become haunted. We will merely be speculating the matter. However, we do have one certain, a definite detail that emerges from the sea of questions and doubt. That fact is that objects can be haunted, we just don't know how they get to be haunted. So to provide a bit of context to this very confident statement, I thought I would share some stories with you that will highlight what can happen when those seemingly inanimate objects have an unseen spirit lurking within them. Pause for Emma's introductions of mine i don't have any introductions of my mind i just i think objects can be haunted i never used to think that like you don't like mirrors but i'm not that bothered about them and like other objects that are haunted i don't i don't think that that like it doesn't cause me like sleepless nights or anything like i just i like the object it's nice i like it if it's got a story behind it yeah i I like an object with a story i understand what you're saying but at the same time I don't want it to have a bad story. I don't want to own an object that has a bad story. Yeah, I don't want to be possessed or bring bad like omens into the house, but I don't think an object can do that completely. I think you'd have to like invite it to come out type of thing. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. So would you like to hear a story or two? Yeah. 
So the first one we have is entitled Myrtle's Plantation Mirror. Oh! We begin our first story with a bit of a trigger warning. This story does have the mention of slavery in it. Nothing gruesome or onerous, just a fact regarding the family involved as they were based in the deep south of North America during a time when this unforgivable practice was alive and well in that part of the world. Erected in 1796 by a General David Bradford, Myrtle's plantation spans a huge 600 acres of Louisiana real estate. As a quick side note, Bradford was interestingly hunted by authorities after President George Washington made the order for the general's participation in the Whiskey Rebellion of the 1790s, which was a violent protest by some of the American population for a tax the federal government had introduced on a domestic product for the first time. General Bradford was never executed, however, as he passed away before his hunters could capture him. Getting back to the story we are interested in, the main house at Myrtle's plantation. It's pretty much as you would assume a property in that area and of that time period would be. A few wooden steps lead you onto a raised porch that wraps around the property. The exterior is finished in a calming white hue with light blue accents that on first impressions provides some level of comfort in its picturesque appearance. Yet the history that surrounds this property is one that awards it the title of one of America's most haunted buildings. Along the timeline of the property's life, it was occupied by a Clark Woodruff, a man who married General Bradford's daughter and then proceeded to take over running of the plantation following the General's death. Woodruff was a stern man, a judge by trade. His enforcement of law and order didn't stop in the courtroom and often found its way back to his home. A home that was shared with his wife and children, along with other family members that resided in one of the many rooms. Alongside the rooms available in the main house, there were also a plethora of sleeping facilities dotted about the land. Although, it would be a far stretch of the imagination to call these homes. Providing the most basic of amenities, the family's slaves would reside in these uncomfortable shacks at the end of their day of back-breaking work. There was one particular slave girl named Chloe who fell victim to Woodruff's malicious behaviour. Chloe would tend to the needs of the household, carrying out chores such as cleaning, right through to helping prepare and serve food to the plantation owners. The spiteful and often violent actions of the head of the household had carried on for too long and the young girl decided to take action in a bit to appease the brute. Chloe attempted to listen in on the conversations held behind closed doors. The idea that, if she could hear what was disgruntling the fiendish man, she could attempt to adjust her behaviours and hopefully avoid any further altercations. Unfortunately, Chloe was caught. Hiding behind a corner that she thought was just close enough to a closed door for her to hear, but just kept her out of sight, one of the family had caught her snooping. Confessing to the action, Woodruff brought down his hammer of violent justice once more. Chloe's punishment for trying to better her unwilling service to a despicable man, one of her ears was to be cut off. My God. Woodruff then forced young Chloe to wear a green turban to mask the mutilation that he had inflicted on her. Why, if he's going to do it, do it with your chest, be proud of it. Um... I don't really have a comeback to that. Like he shouldn't be like uh, it's obviously horrible what he's done, but if he's doing it and then he makes her hide it, what was the point of him doing it? 
he just sounded like a bit of a tit anyway. Yeah, he was. That was a very lightweight. He was a knobhead for him, wasn't it? Whether rightly or wrongly, Chloe still yearned to win the approval and the fair treatment of the Woodruffs. Her train of thought was that, in the area at the time, some of the most respected people were local healers. Doctors were few and far between, so there was a, a demand for unorthodox medical practices so long as they worked. But the Woodruff family weren't sick, so how could Chloe gain the reputation of a healer to a family who don't need healing? Simple. Chloe would make them sick. Yes, Chloe girl. Taking poisonous oleander leaves, Chloe anticipated that one of the Woodruff children's birthdays was coming up. She would place a small dose in the cake, enough to make the family sick, and would heal them back to good health, get her desired reputation, and live a life of relative comfort. Chloe miscalculated her dosages. Following the cake being served, numerous members of the family passed away as a result of the poisoning, including Judge Woodruff's wife and two of his daughters. Although the repercussions are said to have been dealt not by the judge on this occasion, but by other slaves on the plantation, sensing the backlash that would have been felt from Chloe's actions, swift and violent justice was executed. Chloe was drawn up and hung from a tree on the grounds of the plantation until she had drawn her last breath. Her remains were then weighted down and threw into a nearby river. The trauma of such an event is of course likely to leave a mark on the atmosphere of any place, and this is the case for the Myrtle Plantation. Among the other alleged paranormal occurrences that include the footsteps on a staircase of a man who was shot dead there in the late 1800s, Chloe's ghost is said to be ever-present. With an insurance photograph being taken in the 20th century, revealing the hazy image of a lady dressed in servant's clothing, leaning against one of the exterior walls of the building, potentially recreating a moment of trying to capture a breath of fresh air during a frantic day of gruelling work. Although, this story wouldn't get be getting mentioned in this episode if there weren't one particular object that seems to be emanating paranormal activity, over 200 years after the people alleged to be haunting it had passed away. Situated in one of the meandering hallways of the main plantation house sits an antique mirror, a mirror that has elaborate decorative flares that adorn its edges, indicating its owners to be of opulent means. Although those that pass the mirror in the present day are said to be often greeted with a reflection that they weren't expecting. The story goes that the mirror often reflects the image of two young girls, believed to be that of the Woodruff family, the two girls that were murdered by Chloe. Witnesses have claimed to be walking by the mirror without paying much attention when they are stopped in their tracks by something triggering their unconscious mind, telling them that the reflection being portrayed is not right. Only for the images of two young girls to run across the narrow view of the mirror and out of sight. The vision is sometimes even accompanied by the feeling of the antique wooden floorboards moving as though the pressure of something unseen is travelling along them and the sound of small pattering feet can often be heard as though a real life child were running through the hall. What's more is that the mirror itself has been refurbished a number of times in a bid to preserve the artefact in its original home. 
but each time the experts come in and attempt to restore the mirror back to new, a faint yet visible mark consistently reappears about four foot up the mirror on the right hand side. A mark that quite clearly is the shape and size of a child's handprint. Oh God. <laughs> With a place that has so much history and so many tales to tell, I would imagine that there's a whole host of objects that may have spirits attached to them. So if you're feeling brave enough, why not go and visit there? In fact, if you should so desire, you can even stay the night as the plantation is now up and running as a hotel. Oh my God, I'd love that. With restaurants on site, along with a bunch of activities to be done around the grounds. Oh my God. Who knows, you may even bump into Chloe or the Woodruff girls while you're there. That would be amazing, that. I would love to do something like that. It wasn't even that like Pricey. badly priced. No, it was quite reasonable from what I remember searching. Yeah. When I did or didn't write this script <laughs> uh, a million years ago. Yeah. I get like what Chloe was doing. No, she was trying to have a better life. And I think they deserved it for cutting off her ear. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of like... It cemented that her future was not going to be in the medical sciences, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because she can't get her dosages right, so that's an issue. I but mean, if she'd have just got her dosages right, her plan would have worked. Not necessarily, because she had to heal them back again. Yeah, but she would have just stopped dosing them, and then they would have been okay. Mm, potentially depends how poisonous the thing was, <laughs> I guess, isn't it? So the next story we have is actually a story from Reddit. By Smart Flatworm1778. <laughs> what have you got to say about this Reddit name? Um, 1778. They're old, aren't they? Quite. <laughs> I'm sure they're randomly generated. Quite full of themselves. Smart. I'm, I'm, I'm but really they, they also don't have that much of an ego if they're saying they've got a flatworm. <laughs> <laughs> so give you them some get credit. Your mind out the bloody gutter. <laughs> Sure, these are randomly generated, you know. Yeah, you say so. <laughs> For our second and final story. Oh, we did two stories on this one. Okay. Oh, God, part-time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> For our second and final story, I'm going to reach into the depths of Reddit and pull out another fantastic, supposedly true encounter. Dun, dun, dun. I've scrolled too far. Bear with me. We can tell this is our first episode back. We didn't know what I to can't do. use the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it's too technology. Trigger warning about this story. It does have mention of suicide in it. Nothing too graphic, but it does mention it. I should warn the reader that English is not my first language, and thus my particular selection of words may give this narration a casual, light-hearted tone, but it was as scary as it sounds and completely real. I grew up in the countryside, most of my relatives were firm believers in the paranormal, to the point that some treated the topic as something completely normal and even mundane. So, growing up, I conceived such things as something inevitable and undoubtedly real. Nothing extraordinary happened to me until I was eight or nine, and even though I was a pretty shy and faint-hearted kid, the paranormal didn't scare me as much as serial killers, vampires, aliens and zombies that, until I reached the age mentioned before, weird and disturbing things started happening to me regularly. Things like having weird nightmares, seeing shadows in the night, hearing voices, being pushed, and even seeing actual translucent ghosts 
like matter appear out of nowhere. Needless to say, being as fearful as I was, the whole deal hit me extremely hard to the point I became depressed and started considering suicide at age 10. But time passed, the situation improved and I became an awkward teenager with a lot of ghost stories to tell and some degree of resentment against the paranormal. I went to study psychology and that gave me the tools to dismiss all my childhood experiences as mere neurological anomalies associated with brain development. I've got a degree in psychology and I don't do that. <laughs> Fucking done you well, didn't it? <laughs> that notion changed dramatically when I was 17. Back then, my family were passing through quite a rough time. Everyone was stressed and unhappy, mainly because we found out my dad was having an affair. During one of the many nights of tense calm, my sister was brushing her hair in her room when she noticed there was a woman reflected in the mirror she was using. According to her, the woman seemed to be laughing with malicious intent. My sister went into shock and it took a couple of hours to make her speak about what happened. I dismissed everything as confabulations of a very stressed teenager and just ignored the whole deal. A few months later, I was about to enter my house when I noticed something. A human face in the front window of the second floor. Oh God. Which happens to be my sister's room window. At first glance, I saw the face of a woman and immediately thought it was my mom. Without thinking much of it, I waved to her. It was when I noticed that whoever was in that room was not my mom. She was younger, paler, skinnier, with straight black hair. She looked at me casually waving with a clear expression of surprise which rapidly turned into fear. And then she went behind the curtains as if she was trying to hide from me. Initially, I thought she was a friend that was staying the night. I went upstairs only to find both my mom and my sister dead asleep on my mom's bed. In that moment, something told me there was something bizarre going on. So I woke them up and asked them about the woman in my sister's room. I was told there was no one in there. I suddenly realized that I had seen the same ghost that terrorized my sister months ago. I felt completely bewildered by the encounter. I didn't just see her. There was some sort of simple interaction between us. It meant that whatever it was had some sentiment to some extent. I also remember how the lights from the street reflected on her, illuminating her pale face. It wasn't some kind of translucent figure. It was an actual person, reflecting light like an actual physical object. I felt as if my way of understanding the world would crumble in my hands. How was it possible for anything to exist without a physical base? How is it possible to react like a human without a human brain to support the reaction? In that moment, I was told to close the door to that room, which was open for some reason. I did it with a broom, fearing the ghost would grab my arm if I used a hand to pull the handle. Then I got the marvelous idea of using a chair to block the door so the thing, which probably could pass through solid matter, <laughs> could not come out. After that, I went to sleep in my room, which was just in front of my sister's room. By then, I was scared shitless. As I lay on my bed under the sheets, 
I could only think about the nature of the thing I saw. Then suddenly she made a comeback. The doorknob of the blocked room began shaking. It wasn't violent. It didn't last long, but the sound was crystal clear. After that, she slammed the door from just inside a couple of times. She was trying to escape, but could not. A simple wooden door was stopping a being that violated most rules known to physics, and that made me feel relieved. Uh, now I knew I could keep her at bay, even though I didn't know what she was. After some three or four bumps in around an hour, the being began toying with the tap in the bathroom, which he turned slowly on and off several times. I could only think about how this thing could apply direct force with a degree of precision. That is something I still think about constantly, but back then it was good enough to know that it was possible to enclose it. So I began to calm down and I eventually fell asleep. Anyone would think that with such a loud and positive ghost in the house, things would go the horror movie way quite fast. But it wasn't the case. Considering all the bad things that were happening at the moment, the ghost was just another nuisance. We just left the room empty and closed the door. She would bump the door occasionally, especially at noon, and would rattle the doorknob at night. I got to hear it all and somehow I began to roll with it. My dad, who was a hardcore skeptic at the time, used to sleep in that room one night every week to prove there was nothing in there and that we were all just overreacting. One such night, he leaves the room with a crucifix in his hand and told me, I think this is the ghost. The crucifix was stainless steel, quite well constructed and had been in the house for at least 10 years in different locations. My dad grabbed it from the dump of a monastery. I swear I'm not making this stuff up. It was in the trash of a monastery, a crucifix. That just doesn't make sense. My dad said that the crucifix started to move slightly just when he was putting his pyjamas on. He felt weird about it and wanted to examine it. It turns out that it had an inscription, the name of a woman and a date of birth in the XIX century, along with a date of death in the 50s. It was quite obvious for us that it wasn't a regular crucifix and that it was related with the strange presence in the room. The following day, my dad took the crucifix to a priest, one who had quite a lot of experience with witchcraft, satanism and paranormal stuff in general. He told my dad that what we had was an engrave crucifix, one that was put in the hands and over the chest of a deceased body back in the day. Most of them were made of aluminium or stainless steel, so the extremely corrosive conditions of a decomposing body would not damage the piece over time. He also told me that those crucifixes were particularly sought after for witchcraft and powerful black magic. At first it sounded straight from the conjuring, but it made sense. We were much more worried about getting rid of that thing than about the occultist nature of it. I remember telling my dad, that is why it was thrown away by the monks. Why would a Catholic monk throw a crucifix to the trash? He smiled and said, it makes sense, with a guilty <laughs> grin on his face. As far as I know, 
The priest threw the crucifix into the river to purify it and left it there. The room went back to normal and eventually my parents divorced. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a great time, but it was necessary. My sister is still in that room and after the crucifix was removed, nothing supernatural ever happened again. Needless to say, my conception about the world and experiences I had as a child was shaken to the ground. So, what did you think about that story? Did you enjoy it? Anything you may not believe to be true? I did enjoy it, and I felt a bit sorry for the little ghost. I know she was a bit like of a demon, but you know when she when he waved to her and she looked like shocked, like she was like, "Oh, someone's finally like, like acknowledging me." She's probably had no one to speak to for however many years. But also, why would you pick up a crucifix from? the rubbish why would you anyway people pray with that people people are obviously in like people are in vulnerable states when they like count on like rosary beads and um crucifix and if it's in the rubbish it's obviously for a reason yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i've never well one i've never looked through a bin to try and find anything oh so. my, my granddad used to always do that, like on the way home from Wales. Once he got a little um an exercise bike from someone's um like what are they called skips on the front yard, and he like not he only passed away seven years ago, and it was still in my nan's house until she moved out. Got it was good, good like we always used to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's free. If it's free, it's me. I've just never looked in a bin to try and find anything. Um, yeah, especially a crucifix by behind a monastery, you definitely wouldn't pick it up. Why? Why would you? No, you just wouldn't. I feel like they had more underlying problems with the family, though, because if he was sleeping in a different room one night a week and now the divorce. So, I wonder if the, the crucifix may have had some sort of malevolent spirit yeah. attached to it, potentially, but I wonder if because the family was in such a hostile yeah, like situation. The mum and dad were in a happy yeah, place. So, the, the aura of the house had sort of awoken the spirit and yeah. then released it onto the family. That's what I think happens with that type of stuff because you could have a haunt you could have a haunted object, but if you just like if you're like in a positive mindset or your house is a happy home, then it's got nothing to feed on. Like the similar with like Ouija boards, if you do it with if you do it with like a low mo- low mood, the demon or the bad spirit can prey on that. So I think that is what hmm. solved it for you. Smart earthworm. 1776. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope he's alright though. With get, mum and dad getting divorced, probably sad. Ask him for an update. <laughs> so, what did you think about the. Oh no, that's not. What did you think about the first story? I know you touched on it. The plantation mirror? Yeah, what do you think about that? I think I think mirrors can be haunted and I think they're like a portal, but I don't think that they're like haunted in a sense that something is stuck in there. I think it's like residual energy. So it may be that the person used to live, like the person that who used to own that mirror isn't like stuck in time, but like part of what their, part of their life is there, just a bit of their energy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like mirror, mirror on the wall from Shrek. No. They're not stuck in there. It's not like if you say bloody, bloody Mary either. I just think, I don't, like, because I, well, I, we have a haunted mirror in the loft and I really love it and you don't like it, so 
That's why I'm sticking up for haunted mirrors everywhere. Okay, and should we discuss why I don't like it? Yeah. So why I don't like this haunted mirror is we did have it hung up in our bedroom facing directly opposite our bed. And for numerous nights in a row, I would wake up and see a face in that mirror every single night. I'm a very light sleeper. And generally, mirrors don't make noise. But I kept waking up. You said someone waved to you as well, didn't you? Someone was waving to me from the inside that mirror. But that mirror used to be downstairs in my living room when I was younger. And I never noticed anything. And then my nan, it was my nan, my mum's mum's mirror. But my nan, my dad's mum, liked it. So she took it. And nothing seemed to happen. So I feel like they weren't a bad ghost. They just wanted to say hi to you. Okay. I accept that. And that's fantastic. But... I don't want to be, one, disturbed in my sleep, <laughs> two, by a fucking spirit in a mirror. <laughs> it's a nice mirror, though. <laughs> it's a nice haunted mirror. But what about, like we mentioned earlier, which I told you to stop talking about, the objects that are now in our spare room, in your dressing room? Um. So we've got a rocking chair. We've got a wardrobe. Oh, the rocking chair. That's another haunted object. Let's let's fucking leave mirrors alone for a second. That was in the corner of our bedroom for a long time. This is a family heirloom. And it is a family heirloom, which is why it still is in the house. If it wasn't, it would definitely be out of the house by now. But again, in the middle of the night, not during the fucking day when it's light and happy and all <laughs> not scary, in the middle of the night, while I'm asleep, well, when I wake up from being asleep, someone's fucking sat in it. No, it doesn't. They most definitely are. It's terrifying. No, they are, because we had it on the lantern for a bit, and I used to walk past the toilet, and I seen someone in it. But it's obviously just family, so fine. <laughs> but why can't they just, like, make themselves known, not, like, fucking just sit there? <laughs> They're just watching you sleep. That's not okay. <laughs> and the wardrobe. I didn't think the wardrobe was haunted. The wardrobe's fine. So... Uh, this wasn't really like anything to do with me the wardrobe the wardrobe was oh i need a wardrobe to go into this room i know this will fit i have measured it i have found it i'm getting it delivered and i just turned up one day from work to, to the house turned up one day i returned home from work <laughs> just, just up every now and then. returned home from work and this fucking creepy no. ass wardrobe was just sat in the living room i did measure it i knew it was going in the alcove i knew it was going to be 70 centimeters and, yeah, it is Audrey without telling you. That wasn't my main point. It's creepy as shit. Yes, the wardrobe fit. That's fine. That's fantastic. I you wanted buy wardrobes to, to your heart content. I wanted it to match all the furniture in the spare room. Which we've got the dressing table. That's not haunted. Apparently it is. Not according to me, but apparently it is. Well, first, yeah, the wardrobe, it does open on its own. I've checked the clasp. And also... Also, for, uh, as soon as we got this and it was sat in the living room for a little while because we couldn't put it upstairs because the room was getting decorated, I tried to open it. And I'm not saying I'm the fucking world's strongest man or anything, but I'm <laughs> quite a logical person and I'm quite handy. I know how to open a fucking wardrobe. I could not open it for the life of me. Yeah, because... Just would not open. You kept slagging it off but as soon Emma, as it turned Emma, off. Emma goes over to it. Emma touches the handle. It opens. Your mum could open it. Exactly. Your brother couldn't open it either, I don't think. So maybe they don't like men. Exactly. They, the fucking spirit that lives inside the wardrobe. Well, anyway, the wardrobe, do, 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 
the wardrobe door always opens and I think that it's because it had too many like things in it so I took some things out and it still opens but it only opens like when I'm home alone so I'll just hear like a noise and then oh it's the wardrobe open yeah so I just leave it and close it what about when your mum stayed over to look after the cats and she saw a man's face in the dressing table oh uh, yeah well I don't think the dressing table's haunted and you bought it so you can't say it's haunted neither I mean I can but yeah, my mum was staying over in the spare room because she was looking after the cat and she said that she saw this man with a big head in the middle <laughs> and there's no, there was no other men in the house and she said he was just like staring at her watching her sleep. So for the remainder of our holiday, she slept on our couch. When you say no other men, she was the only human being in the house. Yeah, but Loki's a man. <laughs> he is also a cat. <laughs> Yeah, but our house is quite haunted and we have touched on this in the past. So it might not be that it's the object. It might have just been that someone was coming to say hello because she, she's she's a visitor and they know her. Hmm. Maybe. But would you say that, say a person didn't own an object, could they visit a different object? So say, for example, you've just said someone was coming to visit could someone your mum knows who's never seen that dressing table in their life haunt the mirror in that dressing table, even though they've never seen it or touched it? Mm, I don't know, but maybe they were in the room and she just seen a reflection of them. Can you see reflections of ghosts? Yeah, because you, you can see some in water sometimes. Yeah. Or like if you take a picture. Yeah, that's true. Well... Because she said it was a big, he had a big head. And I'm not being nasty to my dad, but my dad had a massive head. <laughs> so it might have been him. Fair. <laughs> Maybe he was the one. But at the same time, oh, th- this room sounds like a fucking nightmare. It's my favourite room. <laughs> <laughs> that room also now has the rocking chair in it. That room's <laughs> also painted a lovely pink colour. It's very girly. <laughs> Loki loves it. Loki does love it, yeah. It's got a pink couch in there. Yeah, um, which isn't haunted. That's, That's probably one of the only things that isn't haunted in there. That's from Dunelm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get my ghost from Dunelm. <laughs> That's why I've run skated Iceland. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Um, oh, yeah, so the rocking chair's in there, so it might have been a reflection of the ghost sat in the rocking chair. <laughs> or the bureau. Or the rocking chair. Oh, shit. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the bureau's dead old in there, too. That hasn't done anything, though. Um, No, it hasn't, to be fair. And that used to be in this room yeah, with me quite a lot. And I'd, I'd pick up on it if it was. It was in our bedroom at one point as well. Yeah, it was. And it didn't. I didn't get anything then. So No. I'll, I'll admit that one. But they all look nice, though, don't they? They do, yeah. I've got good taste. You definitely do. Although they may have ghosts attached to them that yeah. they might. You just purchase things that have like little added extras. Exactly. Little added spirits. You get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was going to achieve. Just <laughs> like, we recently put this on Twitter and it's been all, all over many other pog- just generally spooky people's social media. Yeah, yeah. The, um, that painting of the little girl that's been in oh, the charity shop window. Oh, that's been returned twice, yeah. hasn't it? Apparently returned twice. Yeah. I don't know if that's some sort of gimmick, you know. Yeah. It, 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 I could see it because the painting's creepy as fuck. It might be haunted. But... 
you probably wouldn't return it to where you bought it from. You'd probably just either bin it or get it, get rid of it and, or give it to someone else or give it to a different shop. You wouldn't take it back to the source. Maybe that's like part of the charity shop story that they're going with is that you can't get rid of it. You can only bring it back. Yeah. And then the charity shop's getting loads of hype and then loads of people go to the charity yeah. shop and, and, and then support they see charity. Other things. Yeah. Because I sent it to Emma of Real Life Ghost Stories and she said that she's going to go, well, she was tempted to go get it. And if I could drive and had a day off work, I probably would have tried to go get it too. No, you couldn't. It was like a fucking eight-hour round trip. We did check. No, it wasn't eight-hour round trip. That's I think what it was I mean. eight hours there. That's why, we, that's why if I could drive, I would have done it. Like, if, we, if, if it was near. Fair enough. We're talking about Real Life Ghost Stories. There's just one story that they told that I'd like to touch on, which I thought was quite good. And you'll probably remember it because we listened to it pretty much nightly. Um, the girl that was minding, I can't remember what episode it is. It was fairly recent, and I don't know if it was a main episode or a Patreon one, because mm. we do have the Patreon one too. Ooh, we wait for him. See? Yeah, we, we just got disposable income coming out our ears. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> Most certainly don't. Um, yeah. So the the girl was essentially minding the <gasps> house, wasn't she? And she was staying in her old room. She had two dolls that had pre-recorded voices, you know, the voice oh, boxes in them. Oh, I love that Of the story. grandparents or the grandfathers. And they started what she thought was malfunctioning. Yeah. And potentially turning evil. But they weren't evil. They weren't. But if you want to know all of the story, you have to just go and listen to that episode because I've not just taken the story and, and read it. And do you know it. what? It's actually, it was a no sleep story, so I don't know if it's real. Ah, okay. So it was a no sleep story. So you can just go and find that on the internet. No, you can't. You've got to go listen to Emma. And also listen to Emma. And this Emma. Which is on the internet. This Emma as well. If she ever does a story. but uh, I've got three stories waiting. At least I don't forget my scripts. <laughs> 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 I just make it up as I go along. <laughs> so, do you reckon that's a good place to end it? Any more else to add about Pretty the Pretty much, yeah. I've got nothing else. That's the end of my script. Yeah. Well... Thank you for listening. If you have any haunted objects or you'd like to hear about more haunted objects that we have in this home, because apparently we have a lot. Um, yeah. Well, over this weekend, because it'll be getting released on the 1st of September, I'll put some pictures out and I'll make Emma, you know, do some social media work and put some pictures oh, out. Oh, you have to go in the loft and get the mirror then. <gasps> I put the lo- I'll put the mirror in the spare room. It's going to be like a fucking... Ghost rave every Zach, night. Zach Bagans can come. <laughs> I want three million pounds, please, <laughs> Mr. Bagans, for our haunted object. Exactly. We'll start a fucking museum. He's done it. Yeah, exactly. We've got two cats as well, so they sell them point. They'll see the ghosts. Yeah, they can be like the bouncers. Fifi's got haunted by an exorcist, so I mean, Fifi needs an exorcism. <laughs> That's a bit harsh, that. So thank you, harsh on the ghost. So (laughs) thank you for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we are sorry about the break and we will not be having a break anytime soon. Touch wood. Touching the haunted object. Um, Yeah. Um, If you liked what you heard, you can give us a review on whatever platform you listen to. That would be very beneficial for the podcast and we would also like to know what you think. You can also find us on social media. So we're on Twitter at AXSymmetry, TikTok at AXSymmetry, and Instagram at Across the Cemetery. 
if you would like to send us an email with any of your experiences or just to say hello we're at across the cemetery at gmail.com thank you for listening thank you very much bye, bye.